This is D product, full cycle records, and I always keep it locked to the word with Miranda on Uojima 98FM. Tightly. It lifts. The bass is the heartbeat that it gives. When we apply the brakes, there'll be no skits. Just more elements to continue as we climb. Dimensions and the measurements and the evidence you won't find. Changing, rearranging, so it's regularly updated. Hits from every angle, so expect the unexpected. Represent the fusion of the minds that stay connected. The style that is presented. The size of the heart that's been indented. Deliberate the flow we give you so that means you meant it In your direction is the bearing that we aim to sense it Instead of waiting for a new star better we invent it And let you get your money's worth before you've even sent it Make it bigger, full thicker for the whole nation Send it out to one or no with no discrimination Like a same for 50 lots, there's many combinations No matter which way that you turn, you'll reach the same destination The fullness of the spectrum, 360 keeps you circling Deep inside the flow is where it's working it Underneath submerging it the bottom go deeper Way beyond the point that blows holes in your speaker Under and over, take it over and under First you get the lightning and then you get the thunder The feature is the sound and the sound is the feature Step to the rhythm made out of brown paper Sounds that we bring are of a different nature Rhythms get greater and rhythms they get greater Yes, another rougher tough form for the chaser New configuration, new riff and new structure Built on a frame that I hold and won't puncture Tight, we wrap it up, it's wrap tightly Yo, yo, what's up? Good afternoon and welcome. You're listening to The Word here on Ujima Radio 98FM. How you doing? My name's Miranda. This is The Word. We're here through till 4 o'clock this afternoon, but you can stick around and join me. Kicking off today's show with an awesome track. It is the one and only Brown Paper Bag, featured on the iconic Mercury Prize-winning album, New Forms, courtesy of Represent, which is, of course, Ronnie Size, DJ Die, DJ Sub, MC Dynamite on the lyrics, I'm Crust. What an amazing, iconic group of musicians. DJ Sub is now a member of the Gmail Radio family. He has a, a regular slot every Saturday. Not every Saturday, but it's Ramp Up Radio, 10 to midnight, here on the Gmail Radio. The show will be repeated again tomorrow night. If you missed it last week, two hours of non-stop drum and bass bangers. No talking, no adverts. Make sure you tune in 10 to midnight tomorrow. So what we've got coming up on today's show, we've got awesome show. 
show coming up today. Wow, yeah, we really have. Have you heard of Love Saves the Day? One of the most amazing festivals that we have here in the Bristol. Takes place in Eastville Park, organised by Love Saves the Day, the crew. And also, they, since a couple of years ago, started organising the massive gigs on The Downs, simply called The Downs. It was launched two years ago with Massive Attack. The weather was atrocious, but it was still an incredible event. They followed it up last year with Ronnie Size headlining. And this year, it's taking place on Saturday, the 1st of September, number three of The Downs. And the organiser, the brains behind the project, Tom Payne, will be joining me on The Word today. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Ursula Thompson will be uh, helping me out as well on the show today. She's organised an incredible guest. Um, For reasons that he will explain himself, he's going to remain anonymous due to the stigma associated with being an addict and being homeless. We're going to talk to, we'll call him Joe. Uh, He's going to talk about his experiences of being an addict, um, what it took for him to get clean, what it takes for him to stay clean, how the support of some of these residential hostels, what's that given to him, what the closing down of Chandros House and other residential houses means to somebody like Joe. He's going to talk very frankly, very openly, very honest about addiction and drugs. So make sure you are prepared for that coming up later on in the show. Um, we're also going to have a cook up with Ty Reed. Last weekend, Ty Reed made a marathon uh, attempt to complete 10,000 burpees to raise money for the amazing little Jeremy who needs, as he calls them, robot legs and arm. Um, he did incredibly well. He completed 24 hours. I was watching him. I tried to stay up and watch him, just watching in bed, and I couldn't do it. I fell asleep. At four o'clock, he was struggling. Um, but then the next time I watched at about 10 in the morning he was completing it so I'm not quite sure how he managed I don't know if he managed to get into work all week I don't know if he got to see a medic or a doctor but he certainly looked like he needed it we're going to speak to Ty Reed today find out how he got on we're also going to speak to Rosanna from the watershed who's got a load of events coming up uh, throughout the summer and into the autumn um, but joining me on the show today is my very special guest my regular guest on the show is Top Dog hello hi how are you doing this week I'm doing great you know what I immediately think of when I think of autumn and yesterday we took we saw our first sign of autumn didn't we we saw a load of leaves that had blown down overnight um we'd gone to st george's church to pick up an ujima banner and it was just so much but do you know what autumn means to me can you Mm, think no doctor who (laughs) doctor who is officially coming back with the first female doctor and i looked up last night to see what the release date is there is no release date all they're saying is autumn possibly september october i told you I know, right? So how has your week been? It's been great. Yeah? Good. Yeah. Good. So um, coming up soon, um, in like just over a week, you are going to be starting secondary school. I will. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling really excited. You are, aren't you? Yeah. Which is really great, because I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually a little bit nervous. I feel like for me, it's the next step towards you drifting away from me if that makes sense you know I had it was bad enough when you went to the nursery you know my days I bored my eyes out when I had to leave you there but you loved it you were happy you're great same with primary school predominantly loved it until like the last year um, and then we homeschooled you so you now suddenly you're going back to secondary school it seems like a really big deal to me because you hit your teenage years and it it's just like that point where I think is he going to talk to me anymore is he going to want to know me anymore you know at the moment I know every single detail of your life will that continue you now yeah it will do you have does it sound strange me telling you that yes does it yeah oh I mean, we've talked about it before haven't we yeah yeah so you know it's gonna it's just a case of 
all the other kids what they expect how you they expect you to behave and you know can you manage to remain your own identity or will you just want to be one of the gang i guess so um but you've got a lovely gang of friends haven't you yeah yeah so what are you most looking forward to about secondary school uh, absolutely no idea. You've no idea because you haven't been yet, have you? No. You've just, you are amazing, by the way. I just want to let you know that. I think you're an amazing kid and you're going to do incredibly well uh, at secondary school and uh, already producing my show, driving the desk and everything. You're so cool. Um, so I wish you all the best with secondary school. Are you going to stick around and join me during the show? Yes, I will. Are you looking forward to anything in particular? Uh, yeah, just a few things. Okay, cool. We, why don't you tell us at the end what you thought was best? Okay. All right, brilliant. That's Top Dog joining me on the show today. Uh, so coming up very soon, we're going to meet Tom Payne from Love Saves the Day. Um, this is Miranda. You're listening to The Word live on Ajima Radio. Check out this beautiful tune. This is DRS, an Ecto-01, and a track called Prayers. Down to my knees and I pray that my children see the freedom and I pray how are the things men do so evil when they pray when they pray Freedom 
absolutely loving that track drs and ektoa one absolutely loving it it's a track called prayers you're listening to the word here on ajima radio 98 fm we've got an amazing show coming up today uh, we're going to very shortly meet tom Payne, uh the brains behind love saves the day and the downs which is taking place on the first of september next saturday um stick around we really have got an amazing show we've got somebody who's going to come and talk very openly and honestly about his life as an addict what it took to get clean what it's take stay clean uh we're also going to meet ty reed and find out how he got on with his attempt to complete 10,000 burpees to raise money for little Jeremy to get his robot legs. Um, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with a bit of Goldie and Inner City Life. You're listening to The Word here on Ujima 98FM. Come to me
You're listening to the word here on Ujima Radio, broadcasting on 98 FM across our beautiful city of Bristol. My name's Miranda, here through till about four o'clock this afternoon. And uh, really excited to introduce my next guest. We just played Goldie in a City Life for a reason, because coming up uh, next weekend, Saturday the 1st of September, it will be the third of the Downs events to take place here in Bristol. And joining me in the studio is the brains behind the organisation and Love Saves the Day. It's Tom Payne. Hi, Tom. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Welcome to the show. Really good to have you here. I've wanted to meet you face-to-face for many, many years. You've been involved in the Bristol music scene, going back to um, managing the Tube, I believe, which is now, is that Basement 45? No, it's It's not, um, is it? Red Light. It's now. a red light now. Yeah. I always get those two confused because yeah. they're next to each other, aren't they, on yeah, Frogmore Street? Yeah, it used Street. to be Silent Peach before the tube and then the tube before that, I think. You're older than me then. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought that. He's got a baby <laughs> face. No, I'm only joking. So um, you started your career out predominantly after that. You went to help start up Motion, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I was at Motion from very early days when it was still a BMX park, basically, all of it. You know, the, the actually, it was just the one warehouse and it was the BMX park. And um, now it's all of the warehouses and and no BMX park, yeah. It's absolutely enormous. Would you say it's our biggest venue at the moment? Yeah, I think it's like three... uh, If you open all the rooms, I think it's about three and a half thousand. That's got to be our biggest at the moment, isn't it? Um, I'm going to throw you in the deep end here. I didn't ask you about this, but how do you feel about the arena? Would you like to see that happening in Bristol or would you like to see a massive event that does have parking or, or venue that's outside of town and gives everybody the parking that they need? It's a bit of a bizarre issue, isn't I'm, it? I, yeah. I'd I, like both. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting on the fence. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I think um, I think it would be a real shame if it wasn't in the centre. Yeah. I think we've done events in the centre for tens of thousands of people and um, we've not needed parking or we've used the parking that's already in the centre. We use the park and rides. We don't do any parking at the Downs. You know, it's 30,000 people coming to that. So I don't think parking is the issue that it's made out to be. Um, I think the issue is the is the public money, and and another issue for us is actually a lot of that money will go out the city again because it will be in, it'll be international operators, it'll be international tourers, it, unless the council really push the you know dig their hills in, a lot of it won't go into the local economy. So there's a bigger there's a bigger issue for me personally. I hear you absolutely, and a lot of that um, land up around the Mall and Cribs Causeway is actually uh, South Gloucestershire, isn't it? Um, so yeah, where they're looking at in Filton is. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's a, it's a really good point. I mean, I would love to have some kind of huge, massive stadium size thing on the outskirts of Bristol that attracted big names. And I'd love to see the arena happen. Yeah. I genuinely would. Yeah, I mean, yeah. On, on the flip side, it's a real shame that huge international artists don't come and play the city. Exactly. You know, you've got to go to Cardiff yeah. or to London to see them. Or Birmingham, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's two sides to every story, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get there. We can't have everything, but hopefully um, some right decisions will be made and I would really like to see the arena happen in Bristol just for the sake of people to get jobs yeah you know, yeah that's really. true yeah awesome thanks Tom throwing you in at the deep <laughs> end there so listen the downs started I was I just got to say it blew me away when I first heard that the downs event was going to be taking place with massive attacks yeah. three years ago is it yeah, yeah. yeah how did you ever think you'd get permission to do it uh, we just spent years asking and refusing to go away. Yeah, you know, we we spent we spent years. Uh, I mean, like I said, I knew I knew the guys from Massive from the Tube days, uh, and we kind of stayed in touch as I went off and did other things. And then um, 
you know, we, we, we were working with the council on things like See No Evil and Love Saves a Day. So, you know, we had the contacts of the council and, and we were just saying, like, why, why isn't the downs being used? Why this huge space? Why is it not being used? You know, is it, you know, what are the reasons? And, and, and ultimately, they couldn't give us any good reasons. Um, so, you know, after a while of kind of refusing to go away and saying, look, we can launch it with, with Massive Attack, who haven't played the city in 12 years, you know, I, I think they, they couldn't really say no. That was an amazing coup for you guys as well. Um, it feels like because you had their name behind you, that that was what got the the seal. Would you say it was pretty much? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think undoubtedly yeah. it was. It was uh, say it's quite hard for people to say no once once they knew they were on board. The boys so, behind. Yeah. We love Massive Attack. Yeah. I, you know, just not not just for personal reasons, but I love their music. You yeah, know, I, I love what they're about, um, and they've supported me from year dot. You know, I remember when they released their second album, Protection. They refused used to do any other press or media except with me and that launched my career oh, back wicked. in the day yeah no I was really chuffed and then Nana Cherry and Smith and Mighty followed suit yeah. just because of what they've yeah, done yeah, yeah, yeah. and I love the way they do that you yeah. know they support people here at grassroots levels and, and they never forget us and I yeah exactly yeah big up to Massive Attack um, we'll play a bit of a track of theirs um, we'll put, play protection after the news so let's get back to talking about the where you started we'll get more to the downs after the news um so love saves the day when was the very first love saves the day event so that was 2012 okay yeah so the yeah. W- the event that took place in eastville park this year would have been chapter seven that was the seventh one we've done yeah and so will, will there be a chapter eight yeah 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 we've, d- we've definitely got another year at eastville park um we hope we're, we're still chatting about that but yeah. we've definitely got another year there um we went up in capacity this year so we did 20 25 a day um, and there's no, there's, you know, there's no more space to grow up there. So, you know, we just we need to work out what we do, if, if we can kind of do things differently up there or, you know, if we need to keep getting bigger. It's it's all, all conversations going on at the moment. But obviously, yeah. you know. So that comes down to the confines of being doing an event like this in the city, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. It must make it logistically really difficult. So would you consider going off out of the city? Or is it important uh, to you to no, say no, 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 no. Not what love saves the day. Love saves the day is about being in the centre of Bristol and is, is about being able to people to walk there, see amazing bands and walk home again or go to one of the after parties or, you know, I, 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 don't get me wrong, you know, we, we all, myself and, and Dave and, and the other guys involved all, all grew up in, Glas- you know, going to Glastonbury Festival yeah. and love camping festivals and, and love everything about them. But, you know, that's not what love saves the day is. So Yeah, no, I love that. And it, it's really good for the economy of Bristol, isn't it? Because like you say, there's all the after parties as well that are going on yeah, and yeah. all the people who come and do stalls and everything it's, it's a great it's a great generator of income for, yeah. for Bristol it's amazing and we need more of that with so many clubs and venues shutting down exactly. um, it's really important to support and keep like yeah. Love Saves the Day and events like that going how do you feel about what's going on with this the problem with clubs closing at the moment in Bristol as a promoter you must be really concerned yeah it, yeah I mean it used to be I mean don't get me wrong clubs and bars you know historically as, as you all know have always closed and and, and, <laughs> and none of them reopened you yeah, know and they've absolutely. either been badly managed or you know someone's done a runner or whatever you know <laughs> yeah. that's just the life of clubs and bars yeah. the, the scary thing is is they're not reopening at the moment yes. they're, they're closing and nothing's nothing's reopening in their place and that is that is really scary um, do you think a lot of it is because of the developers are coming in I think there is certainly an element and I think Bristol is probably quite a big victim of that because yeah. the centre is so condensed that 
everyone wants to live in the city. It's a really cool, vibrant city, you know, speech yeah. marks. But, uh, you know, they, when people move in, they do make sound company. Yeah, they have sound company. We, we had it at the Tube. I had it at the Arc Bar before I was at the Tube. We had it at Motion. You know, that whole area is going to get developed. So yeah. Motion is going to be put under under pressure. So, I mean, the O2 has it. And, you know, the O2's, you know, <laughs> it's been there for donkey's years and, and is, is really, you know, a really legitimate venue. And they've got massive issues, you know, that they're not getting any support on with, with such crazy, like, tour bus parking and all this kind of stuff. You know, and yeah. when you think about what O2 was originally, you know, which was always a massive nightclub with the studio and yeah. then the ice rink and yeah. nothing else around there. Same with the motion. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. And it's, it is like, it annoys me when you move, somebody moves in next door. I used to run pubs. I used to run them on in Montpellier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people who live just moved in next door complain about the noise. It's like, well, why did you move next door yeah. to a pub? And it's the okay. same if you live next door to a school and you complain about the noise. Why did you move next door? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, listen, we're going to have to take a break for the news. Um, we're chatting to Tom Payne from Love Saves the Day and the brains behind the event The Downs which is taking place next Saturday the 1st of September featuring no other than Noel Gallagher. We've got to get on to talk about that. We're going to talk about the event that's taking place after the news. We're going over to the BBC for the latest headline news. You're listening to The Word. You're listening to The Word here on Ujima Radio 98FM. My name's Miranda, here through till four o'clock this afternoon. Hope you can stick around and join. We've got loads of wicked stuff coming up on the show today. Uh, coming up soon, we're going to meet a guy uh, who's going to remain anonymous um, as he wants to avoid all the stigma attached with being an addict and a recovered addict. And he's going to talk very frankly about his experiences of getting clean and staying clean and um, his concerns about the residence, uh, residential hostel that he's staying in the moment closing down after the news of Chandos House also closing down. There are very few NHS 
NHS funded places left where you can get clean in the UK. Um, even if you've got money and you're rich, there are very few opportunities in this country. Um, so we're going to speak to him very soon. But joining me in the studio now is Tom Payne from Love Saves the Day, an incredible event which is taking place for the third time this year on Saturday, the 1st of September. Uh, it's Tom Payne. Hi, welcome back. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, before the news, we kind of got a little bit about your history. Um, we talked about general the music scene in Bristol. Um, but what we're really here to talk about today is this incredible event that's taking place on Saturday, the 1st of December at the Downs. Um, and Noel Gallagher is headlining. Uh, yep. How amazing is that? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we're really happy. That's yeah. a real coup, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. I, I, I don't think he's ever played Bristol. So, no. you know, and um, yeah, to get him and then Paul Weller and then, you know, Orbital Live and, and, and Goldie in the ensemble and everyone below that, you know, is, yeah, we, we're Laid really Laid back, happy. Channel yeah. One, honestly, um, and Orbital. Basement Jack's doing a DJ set as well. Yep. It's going to be awesome. Well, who are you looking forward to most out of all of that? Um, I think for me personally, I'm quite excited about some of the new the new bands as well we've got on the main stage. Uh, we've got an amazing uh, lady called Nadine Shah, who's like, I think she's nominated for Mercury, the, she's on the Mercury oh, wow. uh, list this year. Yeah. Her album's amazing. Wicked. Um, an amazing band from Austin, Texas called Krungbin as well. Right. Um, who uh, are actually have really good contacts with Bristol. I think their first ever live show they ever did was in Bristol. So even though they were all the way from, to, from, from What kind of music? It, it's kind of like, um, it's been inspired by like old Thai funk and like <laughs> it, yeah it's, it's really, really amazing <laughs> stuff and like you know it's, it's kind of all instrument mostly instrumental like guitarist bass player drums but it's, it's awesome yeah. awesome that sounds amazing so um the event started three years ago with Massive Attack and uh the weather was a bit wasn't it? <laughs> it was pretty spectacular. Is it? And we just had the balloon fiesta, which was pretty spectacular, pretty yeah. mildly. Um, it was just a complete washout. Are you concerned about the weather for the first of September? What's it no, going to be looking, like? It's looking pretty settled. Is it? Yeah, the long range forecast is looking pretty settled for next week. Because so we'll, I so wonder if that might affect people buying tickets. Because um, I know personally, I'd probably sit back and think, oh, I might just wait to see what wait. the weather. Yeah. yeah. So, so well, we're, we're pretty confident the weather's going to be really good. So there's no, don't wait to go and buy a ticket because they will sell out. You know what these events are like? They're incredibly popular in Bristol um, and with a lineup like that you want to go and get your tickets but I'm really impressed with your concessionary rates how much is a normal ticket so uh, so general admission is 49.50 yeah um, but we do uh, there's a concessionary rate for people on benefits or income support that you can uh, go into Bristol ticket shop and get a ticket for 25 pounds that is um, incredible that's like half price yeah yeah, yeah. I mean look these, these shows are really expensive to put on but we also don't want to rule people out being able to come you know just because you know they're having a hard time in their life at the moment so you know we we've, we've that. done that for the last three years and um yeah yeah you know if, if you do you know just take your proof of your kind of benefits along to bristol ticket shop and you can get a cheaper ticket i'm so impressed with that i really am as somebody who's suffered financially for many years yeah i know i think that's amazing um so what about residents do they get like how do you cope with the residents all around the downs what do you do with them do you like pack them off for the night <laughs> expensive. yeah it would wouldn't it no you know what for um first year you know i think when they found out it was happening they were they were quite quite uh, anxious about it and you know we yeah, went and did, we did these huge public meetings in the in St Mary's Church up there and you know there was there were hundreds of people there and 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 you know understandably they wanted to know what was going on they wanted to understand how it was going to affect them you know they had ma major worries all kinds of worries you know and and pretty much we worked with them on tackling each one of their concerns and and even straight away after the first gig 
actually the first, the main, the after the massive attack show, really the only complaint left was was noise, and and you can't get away from that. You know, it's an outdoor concert. There's going to be noise, but again, we work with them about you know with it. We reposition some of the stages. You know, we explain what we're going to do, and I think after the second year, a lot of them, you know, uh, who have worked closely with us and they have been quite proactive, which is really helpful, um, have kind of like are kind of on our side a bit more now, and they and they realise that you know actually we pay quite a big higher fee for the downs that go that money goes back into the kind of coffers for the upkeep. So you know, it does the show does benefit you know everyone really you yeah, know it's amazing and i love the idea that you would match perhaps re-angle the stage because you know how it goes out across mm. over the river maybe rather than right towards the residence it's something i guess you're just going to learn yeah, uh, exactly. after doing the first one isn't it um now th- i know the first one there were a few issues um with people queuing for the toilet and the bar yeah. did you get all that nailed down last year i didn't yeah. make it last year i wasn't you know, around you know what you said, like you said about the weather the, the main issue with you with the with the massive attack year was it, ra- it rained all day and then it stopped <laughs> It stopped raining at six o'clock yeah. in the afternoon, early evening. So we had we'd sold twenty seven thousand tickets, and at six pm we only had nine thousand people on site. So basically, eighteen thousand people were, wait, were waiting once. for it to stop raining. Oh my so God. they all turned up at once. So you know, it, it, a yeah, logistical the, nightmare. Yeah, you know, and there's there's going to be queues if that happens. So I mean, what, what was great last year um, with Elbow and stuff and and um, De La Soul and uh, so, and a bit a bit sound machine, salt people like that. It it was sunny yeah. and people came early and you know they brought their it's blankets made a day of and it. they chilled out. Yeah. Made day and the kids area was amazing. Yeah. We sold thousand kids tickets, so wow. that was rammed, and everyone's having so a great time. So how much time. for kids tickets? Kids tickets fifteen pounds. And what makes a kid under what? Under twelve. Under twelve yeah. is a kid. So over twelve, they need a full ticket. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting to know. And it starts at one and finishes at eleven. Yeah. So fingers crossed for the weather. Are people allowed to? I saw loads of people asking this last year. Are they allowed to bring the chairs to sit on or anything like we, that? I mean, we ask. What, we ask. We ask people not to bring chairs right. and, unless they really need to. Okay. You know what we? What, funny enough, from, from Love Saves a Day, you know, our experience was using was dealing with guys from like 18 to 29 you know what we realised with Massive Attack and elbow stuff like you suddenly start getting things like well you know what I've just had a hip hop or you know I'm pregnant or you know I need yeah, to, I can't stand up old. all day yeah. and we're like well we haven't actually thought about this you yeah know, it's the, a different so it's not, audience so it's isn't not, it you know and you know we have the accessibility ramps for like wheelchair users and yeah. registered disabled yeah. you know but this isn't quite that no so what we ask is like look if you, if you don't need to don't bring a chair yeah. but like you know if, if you do if you can't stand all day of course if it's going to you know, stop we'll you from some, coming yeah we'll use some yeah. common sense yeah no that makes sense listen you've put on so many incredible bands we've only got a couple of minutes left I could talk to you all day Tom actually <laughs> to be honest there's loads of questions I wanted to ask you um, but you know if you could put on a party I should have warned you about this question right. if you could put on a party anywhere in the world any venue anywhere where would it be Blimey, I know. That, is, that is a big one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, it's the sort of question you're supposed to be warned yeah, people about. Yeah, it probably is. You know what I'm really into at the moment um, is is kind of like amphitheatres and, and kind of quarries and enclosed spaces oh, yeah. because I think they really help keep the energy in an, on yeah. either a gig or a rave, you know, DJs, whatever. Yeah. You know, there's something about having people on multiple layers and levels around you that all that. dancing or singing yeah. or whatever to keep that energy that energy because that's something we've often looked at with our stages like your big main stage in a field but it kind of tapers off a little bit doesn't yeah. it you know yeah. so so i guess somewhere you know i don't know what the coliseum in rome somewhere like that that we could, could that'd be amazing there's some incredible like amphitheaters in cornwall um that they do okay. some plays and i don't know if they're big enough but yeah, yeah, yeah. i get what you mean about the energy because there's that uh, one of the um eastern european dances or one of their kind of like religious ceremonies and they start dancing around in circles 
circles and then they go okay. faster and faster and it's that energy yeah um yeah no yeah. it's phenomenal absolutely amazing so um next question is <laughs> who if you could put on anybody who would it be who would you most like that you haven't put on so far like artist performer uh i don't know if you asked uh, probably at the moment one of my favorite albums in recent years that are already like a bona fide headliner is queens of stone age wow so my my music taste goes from rock, yeah. rock music through to yeah. dance and everything in between but yeah. i think at the moment uh, i've been anyone that will listen to me i've been blabbing on about wanting to book them it's not gonna happen for next year yeah yeah happening. yeah but i mean you know and it, he did an album recently with um with iggy pop as well wow. which was just absolutely awesome. amazing awesome. so i guess some kind of old school legends like yeah. that for yeah. me at the moment but ask me tomorrow it'll be Grace Jones yeah you know I mean? so <laughs> yeah that'd be different can you uh, and do you know who's going to be playing at Eastville Park yet or is it not booked for next year yeah no we it gets I mean the bookings get earlier and earlier every year well, so we're, yeah, having, right. we're having conversations now but um, I know because no, I know Boomtown and a lot of the festivals Glastonbury here they have all that lockdown yeah. so like before yeah. Christmas don't exactly. they so um, that's amazing yeah, there was loads of questions I wanted to ask you uh, but we've run out of time so uh, yeah. thank you so much thank for coming to join us Tom Payne from Love Saves the Day and do you just call it The Downs? Yes, just The Downs The Downs The Downs which is taking place Saturday the 1st of December from 1 o'clock to 11 o'clock you can get tickets where? So online from thedownsbristol.com or Bristol Ticket Shop please don't use Viagogo or any of the secondary sites because they will rip you off Oh really? Um, Yeah, it's horrible Do they add like a wicked booking fee or something? They double double the price No Yeah, and, and so please just buy them from our website Yeah or go into Bristol ticket shop support a local business yeah and, um, yeah they're the two best places yeah that's great and don't forget the amazing half price concession so if you're on the benefits or low income or anything like that or sick or sickness or disability you can get a cheap ticket half price that's amazing tom payne from love Saves today thank you so much for coming thanks, in thanks. thank you you're listening to the word here on ojima um we're going to take a bit of a break and we're going to come back and meet um we, i don't know what to call him he doesn't want us to tell you his real name so we're going to call him joe he wants to remain, uh, remain anonymous due to all the stigma attached of being an addict even though he's a recovered addict so we're going to speak to him very soon with Ursula Thompson who's helping me out on the show today so you're listening to The Word here on Ujima 98FM
surprised at how rewarding life has become. But sometimes I feel so overwhelmed and doubtful about my skills as a mom. Wanna run, but that moment will pass and I'm so confident that my love is vegan. It's all that's important to them. So I keep giving all of me as I to the word here on Ajima Radio 98 FM. My name's Miranda, here through till four o'clock this afternoon. Big thanks to Tom Payne for coming in. Uh, don't forget, Love Saves the Day puts on the Downs on the 1st of September um, up at the Downs in Clifton. Okay, so um, coming up next, we've got a very special guest and I'm kind of really moved that he's said yes that he would come on the show. Um, he's We're not, we're, we're not going to give him a name, we're just going to call him Mr X because he would like to rename, r- remain anonymous uh, due to the outrageous stigma that's attached with um, addicts and recovering addicts. Um, so we're going to introduce now uh, Ursula Thompson as well as in, in the studio with me and Ursula is the one who um, met Mr X and brought him into the show today. Thank you very much Ursula. Thank you. Good to have you back on the show as always. Um, so we're just going to introduce Mr X um, who's with us today hello mr x how are you doing yeah hello good afternoon really really grateful that you come and joined us today um let's start at the beginning of your journey um where are you from um i'm from north london you're from north london yeah and uh, how did you get into drugs and what drugs was it that you got into when i was in school um the area we grew up in the area we grew up in um it's kind of like you have to be involved with a group to feel safe to go to school you know not to get bullied um and it's kind of progressed from there. Got to the age of 16, then I got into the sound system business. Um, I never committed any crime up until then. Um, my mum got paralysed. Um, she went to hospital, so my dad looked after us, which gave us the run off the house. That's when my behaviour kind of changed. Um, went to prison for three and a half years for a burglary, and that's where I met heroin and crack cocaine. Oh my days, isn't it just awful how many times you hear that the first time people take drugs is in prison? Yeah, yeah. That's shocking, isn't it? Um, so your um, uh, drugs of choice, crack and cocaine? 
it, it would have been anything, but predominantly was um, crack and cocaine. Okay, and how long were you an addict for? About 20 years. 20 years, wow. Yeah, minimum, yeah. 20 years. So um, I'm just trying to give the listeners a bit of a picture of what this meant and how this affected your life. Um, were you a functioning addict or were you the opposite and lost everything and kind of... How, how do you describe yourself? I was a functioning addict only because I was lucky. Um, I grew up in a family of nine, um, six boys, three girls. My parents wow. are from Jamaica. So we had kind of like that ethic of look after yourself, work. And I was doing all of that. But like I said, my mum got sick and kind of went off the rails. Um, ended up with the gangs because they were the only support that I kind of had. Yeah. Then I ended up in prison, um, started using in prison, got out of prison, went back to London. Um, all the drug services, they didn't really want to touch me because I never had a history of drugs at that time. I found it easier to get help when you've got a kind of history behind you of mm. drugs, as mad as what it sounds. Yeah. You know, and um, I ended up doing more time because of the drugs. Um, and I was given a choice when I was in prison. A guy came to me and he said to me if I wanted to do a treatment center in Western. And to be honest, that kind of, I thought to myself, yeah, I'm on remand. I'm looking at four years. This is a get out of jail free card. But that was the hardest thing I'd done. Because it wasn't about um, what I'd done. It was about what I shouldn't have done. You know, like most of what I'd done in treatment, my first treatment centre, it was about not looking at other people, about looking at me. And that's what I was doing. I was looking at other people. I was always blaming people. You know, as to they're, why, they're the reason why I'm using you know um so how did that change how did you manage to realize that it was down to you well to get a jail free card what i was using as to <laughs> cheat to get a jail free i had to stay in treatment for six months that was the court conditions and within those six months i heard enough good information about how to not just recover but to stay recovered for life yeah you know there was a, a few simple things you needed to do you know and i was happy to like do that like what um, not pe there's um, 12 steps to recovery and the first step is to admit in, um, that you have a problem. Yeah. Once you've admitted you've got a problem, you know that this problem has to continue or stop. It's a problem, so the problem stops. You know, and then from there, um, I they were working on me, like one-to-one -one counselling. We was having group um, meetings with everyone and even then I was shortchanging myself. You know, because a lot of shame and guilt comes with my recovery yeah. um, I've stolen from my family before I've stolen from my friends I've committed burglaries you know um, I've done things that I don't know I don't think I would have done if I was living a decent life yeah you know can um, I ask were you shooting up the gear yes I was yeah. I was yeah. yeah I think that does make a difference as well doesn't it um, yeah. Yeah. To, I, th I think also Mr X said to me that which is a problem that I didn't actually foresee that in the black community it's really, really difficult yeah, to admit, admit that you've actually got a problem. So you hide the problem because it's down looked upon by your community, and then you know you don't steal. You know you d you don't you end up in this cycle because you end up stealing to feed your habit yeah. and doing robberies because you don't want to admit to your community or to other people of the same ethnicity that you've actually got a problem because it's really, really looked down upon. And I've never really thought about that before before Mr X said about it today. Yeah. I always kind of think, feel as though, well, I always felt as though nobody had a problem like mine. My problem was always the worst. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. That you're totally on your own. Yeah. How do you feel now? Um, well, like you said, I'm living in Wick House. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm attending groups once a week now. Um, I've applied to go to the recovery college. I go gym three nights a week. I train with a really great guy that trains me, takes me through the circuit because it isn't just about the, the training of the gym. And that's another thing with recovery. Um, I honestly believe that when a lot of people do end up relapsing, it's because they stick with that recovery circle. You need to go out there and start talking to normal people of the world, you know, like work experience. Because that fear that stops you from going back to normal living because recovery is supposed to be a, a bridge to normal living. You ain't supposed to sit on that bridge for life. So let's just re- retrack a minute. So for you, it's it was a real move, um, not just psychologically but physically because you moved away from London yeah. to the southwest. That must in itself have made a difference because you've cut off all your connections. Y- yeah. Did that it, help? It helped because... Um, when I used to go back to London to visit, which was like once every three months, the only thing that had changed was the traffic lights. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah, you know, everything that else yeah. was the same. Yeah. So yeah. I'm People glad. are still yeah. in, drinking in the same yeah. pubs and yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. So um, what about how we kind of missed out the bit with how you actually physically stopped taking drugs? Because this is what I found so difficult when I've tried to get help for other people is that where you actually get help, you know, if you take somebody to the doctor, they will tell you no. They won't help you. You have to go to a drugs project. And if you go to a drugs project, they'll say, no, you have to come in and we'll assess you. And it can take weeks to get yeah. help. Take so months. somebody who can go months. in one day and say they need help can be left waiting for uh, forever, for months and months and months. And in that time, God knows what's going to happen to them. How did you manage? What did you do? What were your first steps? Okay. Um, I was, I'd done my detox. And I moved back straight into a dry house. So um, where and how did you do your detox? Um, in Blackberry Hill Detox Centre. Here in Bristol. in Bristol. How long did it take you to get in and accepted? Did you go to your doctor? I did went to my. I went to BDP. Yep. Um, so that's the Bristol Drugs Project. Bristol, Bristol Drugs yeah. Project. Yep. And they referred me to have an assessment with Blackberry Hill. Yeah. And how long was it from going to BDP to getting into Blackberry Hill? About nine months. <gasps> because it's a lot of money. And like me, I ended up relapsing. A lot of people go into um, detoxes and they're relapsing two weeks later. We're talking like three and a half to ten grand. Um, Do you think people are relapsing because they are only in there for such a short time and they expect a lot to happen physically in in two weeks' time? What do you think the problem is? I think it's the aftercare package, personally. Uh, Okay, okay. So so you did your, what, two weeks in Blackberry Hill? I did my two weeks in Blackberry Hill. Yeah, which was what? Straight on from off the, straight off from heroin from Blackberry, in Blackberry Hill, you went in on heroin. Yeah. And they were what, put you on methadone? They put me on Subutex, which is a substitute. Okay, okay. Um, and they reduced, done what they call a front loader, eight mils, four mils, two mils, one, then off. Right. And then therapy for... Well, in two weeks, you were all off from nothing, from yeah, heroin to nothing. That's, that's, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, that's a bit scary. Yeah. So after two weeks, you were kicked out of there. Where, where did you go then? Um, then I went straight back to the dry house, but instead of the phase one that I was in, they put me into phase two. They pushed me up gave me more responsibilities because I'm completely clean now. Right. But I'm still struggling with drawing. I'm still clucking. Yeah, of course you are. just put it... So, you, you, so at this point, when you left Blackberry Hill, you're not on any subutex anymore? Nothing at all. So how did you manage? I mean, surely you weren't sleeping or anything. Well, they give you... Um, they ask... Well, they, they, they give you suggestions. 90 meetings in 90 days, you know, um, to get out, um, to engage with other addicts. Because a lot of um, recovery is willpower. 
Yeah. You do need some willpower. You know, the medication only takes you up until so much. Yeah. So how, how, how did you manage? Did, was this successful this first time? This then? time around, it was successful. I got kicked out of the junction. Um, I re-engaged with BDP. I got back on a script. Um, so when you left Bratby Hill then, after the two weeks of this mad two-week detox, that wasn't successful. You relapsed after that, and then you went back to BDP. Yeah, I went and back to BDP. And that's when, okay. Yeah. And so did you do what they call a community detox at this point? Yes, yes. Right, I, yeah. okay. And was that more successful for you? Because it wasn't so, um, what's the word? It was kind of like two weeks is fast-tracked, doesn't yeah, it? You it, can't it, expect it, somebody it, who's it, been an addict for 20 years yeah. to detox in two weeks. yeah. yeah. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. So, so you, so obviously that didn't work. I mean, I don't know who would work. Even like, because you know what the options that I found when I've looked into it for people who've even got money, right? Mm. Um, and if you, the, one of the few options you've got in Bristol is to go to the Priory and pay four grand a week, yeah. four thousand pounds a week. <laughs> you know, and so you think, oh, well, maybe I could afford two weeks. Not that anybody I know could ever afford eight grand for two weeks. So you're not going to detox yeah. in two weeks. It's months, years. Now, you've told me that you're, you've been successful this time round because you went to the BTP and you've done a community detox slowly. Yeah, I've done a community detox slowly. Over how many months did you say? It's wow, 20 talking, months? Yeah, 20 months. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. So you were put on to... Um, so when it had failed at the Blackberry Hill and you went back to the BDP and you thought, right, I'm going to do it this time, they gave you the support you needed. Um, were you homeless again at this point? No, I'd been. I'd moved into a hostel called Wick House okay. at this time. And you were at Wick House. And so they then started you on a community detox, yeah. which is what you've been going through for the last 20 yeah, months. 20 months. And how are you doing now? Well, I've switched over onto Subutex. So I started off on 80 mils of methadone. Today I'm on 4 milligrams of Subutex. Um, I should be off the subutex within the next six weeks. That is why I'm doing man. this relapse prevention that's course right now. Man, that's yeah. amazing. Well yeah. done. Congratulations. Thank to you. stay clean for 20 months is phenomenal. You've done it. You yeah. know that, don't you? So far, yeah. so good. No, you have. Honestly, isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, that is that is such amazing. a breath yeah. of fresh air to hear somebody who's actually fought the battle and won. Yeah. Fought the dragon and won. Fought <laughs> the, the beast and won. Yeah. yeah. No, damn it's straight. Like Look at that smile as well. Isn't that just worth everything? You know, it is beautiful and it's so good to see and mr x realizes that every day is a new day every yeah. day is a new struggle you know which is big big yeah. part of it yeah. and it you were saying about wick house how much support they've actually right had yeah let's talk you. about wick house let's talk about wick yeah. house um what, what do they offer what do they do um, they kind of get a lot of bad press um like i explained earlier on about the free hostels um what wick house does for me is i went into wick house i got kicked out of a structured dry house and got put into wick house on a lapse not a relapse a lapse my lapse turned into a relapse for a year i wasn't working with none of the workers as soon as i decided to get serious the workers decided to get serious yeah. you know yeah. um, my worker asked me what i wanted to do and um since then i've been working with her and since i've been working with her i've been clean brilliant because i've tried this by myself before and i've never succeeded yeah you know, yeah, try you doing it my way. So Wick House is a residential um, hostel. Yes, yeah, a hostel specifically for homeless people, or for people with addi with addictions, or both. How does it um, work? Homeless people, um, people with addiction. I do believe that people with dual diagnosed um, mental health. 
Right, so it's okay. a mixture. So is this um, the first stop out of detox and out of prison, or is it just for people who are homeless? How does it? Work? I'm just trying to see how many people it supports and how many how many people it helps. It seems like quite a lot, doesn't it? The first stop. This is the last stop. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. You get kicked out of a dry house. They take you to one of um, these. Um, charitable organisations right. um, in my case it was a weak house Okay. but like we were speaking before I already heard of its um, infamacy if you want to call it that yeah, 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 yeah. before I even got there so really? I, I knew I needed a plan well it's like the Sally Army everybody's yeah. heard about that do you know what I mean people it. try to avoid walking by it and stuff like that you know I know people have been in there and it's just especially girls I mean yes, God it's a terrifying place women. Terrifying place for girls. Yeah, absolutely awful. So, um, Wick House, uh, and has Chandos House actually closed? Sorry. Um, Right, Wick House brings us into Chandos House, which was started by James Dickerson. It was founded 35 years ago, and it's helped hundreds of people, if not thousands, actually get off of drug addiction. It's the last Bristol, Bristol's last residential rehabilitation centre. Um, And the problem that's happening there is funding's been slashed, as it has with all these organisations, by more than half. Um, If it doesn't, with Shandles House, if it doesn't make £100,000 to help it keep it going for another three months, that's how much it needs to raise. Because the government cuts have led, you know, have led to them passing these cuts on to local authorities. Um, local authorities having less money, which means less places like Shandos House and also Wick House, having uh, they end up with less money. They can't have people stay for as long as they need to be staying because it's not financially viable, and we end up in a circle again because it's not just a hostel. These are places where hundreds of men and hundreds of people have called home and have battled addiction yeah. with yeah. support. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'd like to blame austerity and the cuts um, but supporting organisations like this to sort of support homeless addicts in the UK has always sucked. I mean, yeah. just look how few options there are here in Bristol. Um, you know, I'd like to say if you were rich that there are options, but even then, it's it's incredibly difficult. You could, you, what are your options to go into the priory and pay four grand a week, or go up to Scotland and pay twenty grand a week, or fly to America? You know, the, 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 you're going to get more help in places like Thailand than you yeah. are here in the UK. Yeah. But you know, people who've got families and that they don't have that option. So we're just so lucky to have Mr X come in and talk really yeah. honestly, openly about your experiences. So you know, I'm really really grateful for that. So what can we do to help? What can we do to make this better? So you know, places like Wick house chandos house i mean do we think wick house is going to be next do we think wick house is going to close are you worried about that um since i've been living in there i've I've heard that the council actually stopped paying everybody's rent at one stage for about two years they took wick house to court but i kind of think that there's over a hundred people there let's just say a hundred imagine if the council did close it down i didn't know it was that big are they going to rehouse 100 people yeah and are the people that are living next door to them going to be happy with people where they know and where mm-hmm. they're coming from all of a sudden mm-hmm. you know yeah. So, yeah no it's ridiculous so we need to maybe start thinking of some kind of campaign to support wick house and, yeah. and chandos house, and chandos and house yeah the thing is these these centers are actually run you were saying to me but earlier weren't you it's run by um by local it, people yeah, it's local run people, by yeah. volunteers yeah. um shanda's house is the only it's non you know not government run yeah and it's independent so where They're are these, these government places run down. places they don't exist do they and you know to send somebody to blackberry hill for two weeks to do a detox who's been on heroin for 20 years it's a joke 
Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, it really is. Absolutely, it makes me so mad and so angry. There's so little help out there for people, yeah, um, you know, with a, a whole range of addictions and mental health issues and yeah. homeless issues. Um, we really need to step up as a country and, and as a community and start helping each other. Um, Mr. X, I'm so grateful for you coming in. We've got a couple of minutes. Ursula, was yep. there something you wanted to ask? Um, there was, yeah. This morning, obviously, I've done my work with the homeless people and I spoke to a few of them and asked them for their opinions on, you know, what, what do they feel? Um, would help and one man he's been very brave he said I could say his name on air it's Martin Tomlinson Tomlin he said multi-agency hubs all information in one place doctors councils social services Bristol Drugs Project mental health private lets um, reps for main housing associations it used to be all in one place right and they broke it all up okay. it's not working no, that's a um, really and, and valid point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and because also, you know, I know somebody who had to go and get their methadone, and they had to walk from like s- ten miles a day yeah. Yeah. to get their methadone, and they had to go twice a day as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. what's it? Because he's never going to succeed. Customers, most probably as well, take it in front of customers. Yes, yeah. and that's horrible, isn't that's it? Shameful. That's absolutely shameful. And it's the same when you go out of Bristol as well into the smaller towns when it actually gets even harder, where they don't have the drugs projects as well, and you're expected yeah. to go into a chemist and drink it in front of you the whole oh. town. That's you it. know. And, <laughs> and one of the things that was highlighted to me today was the fact that, you know, if the DWP decide to not pay your housing benefit, yeah, it can take two or three weeks for this information to actually go through all the different services, all the different places. In that time, that person's being threatened. They lose their home. Of They're course. on the street. But that's why we've got this so many homeless issues. we've got so many people on the so street. So we need to have like it all under one roof, don't we? It needs to go back to what it used to be. Yeah. Which is where they had places where people could speak to people. So this is kind of a, um, a subject for Marvin Reese, really, isn't it? For it our is. mayor of Bristol. Um, so Marvin if you're listening and I know you do listen we need to have a little chat about this don't yeah. we how we can make it work and the trouble is I know it's very easy for people to sit back and be armchair critics isn't it yeah. it's all very yeah. easy for us to sit back and say well you should be doing this you should be doing that but um, you know active help and people yeah. support like Ursula <laughs> here who volunteers and comes and goes out every week and meets people who are struggling and um, I've got a message here from somebody who just wants to say how amazing they think you are um, um, he was the guy that helped you do CPR last <laughs> week. Ursula uh, was out oh. last week and somebody oh. collapsed and he had to give CPR. Um, wow. And this yeah. guy came up and started helping her and she didn't know who he was and, and forgot his name. He was, she was so kind of stressed from everything she'd been through and she had to rush to the radio and she'd promised to say hi to the guy and completely forgot his name. So on Facebook, I did a bit of a shout out. You did. And yeah. we, um, found we found him. We found the guy who helped you uh, last week, and his name is Tom Gonga. Um, Mike Crawford um, put me his way and said he's an incredible guy, apparently. Really yeah. genuinely lovely guy. He's seen really um, nice. Tom Gonga, and he's in three bands. Uh, the first band is like a garage punk band, um, uh, and they use like a sitar. Um, uh, it sounds quite amazing. That's Sadar Bazaar. <laughs> uh, and then he's in another band, his own band called Gonga as well um he's in three bands all together so that's gonga oh and you know's band yeah that sounds great doesn't it you know's <laughs> band does. yo no say or yo no band i can't remember how you yeah. say it but yeah and we just want to say a massive thanks to tom gonga he yeah. wouldn't come in on the show he no. was going to surprise you and come in but i know yeah. he, he um he actually started the the main band the gonga band yeah over 20 years ago with his brother Aww. so that was it but i'd like to say to him actually on air i've spoken to the man that we dealt with last week 
Um, he went into hospital, was a bleed in his head. He's had a stint fitted and they drained it. And he's made, a, I saw him this morning. He was he fine. He's made a full yeah. recovery. Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah. I've got yeah. a smile on her face. So, you know, sometimes radio, we don't quite get that. Yeah. But I hope you can hear the smile on her face. That's amazing. And Tom Conger, uh, Tom Congo just wants to say, sorry, he couldn't come in today. No, um, but he just wants to say thank you very much. But um, you know what? I just want to say, I'm absolutely gutted, is Tom got his phone nicked. Yeah, uh, when he that. was helping yeah. you guys, he, he was speaking to the ambulance, put his phone down on the pavement and somebody mm. walked off with it. I know. That I is just that. raw. That is just, yeah. There was only shameful, a couple of people who, who walked past when I was there. Yeah. Um, and it was two guys and a guy with a child. So I'm thinking that it's one of them, but you can't. You can't know, be sure. You can't be Shameful. Sure, but but Tom, thank you so much for helping our Ursula because of, um, yeah, that was a quite an eventful morning for her. And she still came and did the radio, which is the sign of a true <laughs> professional. <laughs> I didn't get the shakes till I walked through the door. I know, <laughs> then you were shaking, weren't was, you? Yeah. But listen, we've run out of time. Mr. Yeah. X has been joining us in the studio today. We've called him Mr. X so that he can remain anonymous uh, due to the stigma that's so often attached with um, being an addict or a recovered addict or being homeless or um, being in prison. And um, you've got nothing to be ashamed of. I think you're an incredible man. I can see how strong you are. You've done uh, been on an incredible journey. Yeah. And the fact that you're sat here today talking to me on the radio with that smile and the yeah. twinkle in his eye <laughs> is just I hope makes it all worthwhile and just keep strong keep going and and you know people like yourselves are in a, such a good position to help other people so yeah. you just remember that you know yeah. whatever you've been through now you can help other people this with your experiences you'd be amazing you've got yeah. such a gentle vibe about you a really gentle giant and I just think yeah whoever gets to have um, you mentor them or help them will be very lucky so yeah. um, good luck with everything uh, please keep us up to date with Wick House I really fingers crossed it isn't going to close I don't know what will what would happen to the hundred people if it closed. It's, it'd be different because, like I said, the, everybody's got different needs. Some people suffer from going outside. It's yeah. not just addicts that are in Wick House. Some yeah. people suffer from all different yeah. things. Yeah, so yeah. Wick House is like dealing with not just addicts, um, people with all different types of mental health conditions. Yeah. If that place was to close down, don't know what from the talk from what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, most people would either just go and just back on go the streets. back onto the streets and go fuller, full of force back into the gear and heroin. Because even though they're using, at least with Wick House, they've got somewhere to sleep, yeah. somewhere to eat, and yeah. someone to monitor them yeah. and to see yeah. that they're actually going to the doctors and doing all the things they can. And that's the key thing, isn't it? Uh, listen, we've literally run out of time. Um, we're going to have to say goodbye. Mr. X, thank you so much for coming in today. And best of luck with everything. I honestly, I can't thank you enough. Ursula, thank you so much thank for uh, sorting all this out today. You. Um, you could perhaps look after Mr. I X for it. us and come back when you're ready. I perhaps will. you can send Rosanna in. I <laughs> will. Okay, double dip. Thank you, guys. Right, okay. okay, so you're listening to the word here on Ujima. We were just speaking to Mr. X. He liked to remain anonymous, so um, due to all the stigma attached around being an addict or a recovered addict anyway what an incredible story um we're going to take a bit of a break and we're going to come back and we're going to meet rosanna um who's got a load of different events happening at the watershed uh, that we're going to find out about you're listening to the word here on ujima
so I'm so reborn I'm moving forward Keep moving forward Keep moving forward Ain't no stress on me, Lord I'm moving forward Keep moving forward Keep moving forward I'm so, I'm so reborn on me, Lord, I'm moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. Very rarely do you Catch me out, y'all done specially invited guests me out Y'all been telling jokes that's gon' stress me out Soon as I walk in, I'm like, let's be out I was off the chain, I was often drained I was off the meds, I was called insane What an awesome thing, engulfed the shame I want all the rain, I want all the pain I want all the smoke, I want all the blame Cardio, audio, let me jog your brain Caught in the Audi home, we was all detained All of you Mario, it's all the game I'm so, I'm so reborn I'm moving forward Keep moving forward Keep moving forward Ain't no stress on me, Lord I'm moving forward Keep moving forward Keep moving forward I'm so, I'm so reborn I'm moving forward on me, Lord, I'm moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward, I had my issues, ain't that much I could do, peace is something that starts with me, with me, at times wonder my purpose, easy then to feel worthless, but peace is something that starts with me. So much in my mind, I didn't know where to go. Come a long way from the haunting me. I'm me feeling all so low. Ain't no stopping you, no way. All things ain't like before. Ain't no stopping you, no way. Mm, no stress, yes, I'm so blessed. And I'm so, I'm so reborn. I'm moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Ain't no stress on me, Lord. I'm moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. I'm so, I'm so reborn. I'm moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Ain't no stress on me, Lord. You're listening to The Word here on Ujima Radio 98FM. My name's Miranda, here to till four o'clock this afternoon. And I'm so happy to see that Lady Nia is back from her travels and she will be here from six to eight with the Southwest Chart Show. Make sure you check it out. Joining me in the studio now, I've got a really special guest. I haven't seen her for ages. When I told my son that she was coming, he got so excited because uh, one of the last times we saw her, she invited my son to do a reading of a chapter of Matilda at the watershed. And he was so chuffed and somebody came along and filmed 
filmed it and it was one of the highlights of his summer and that must have been about a couple of years ago and it's Rosanna uh, who sometimes works in the watershed hi hi hi, hi. how are you doing yeah really good really good thanks. it's really good to see you so I say I always think of you as Rosanna Watershed are you still based at the watershed what's the deal yeah I'm still doing some work with the watershed and I'm here to talk about a few things that I'm working on including some family stuff yay um, but yeah I'm also I've branched out a bit now and I'm working freelance as a creative producer and oh, that's project awesome. manager yeah that's really um, exciting and I'm doing a couple of days a week at Trinity Centre as well which is so exciting I love the Trinity yeah, I'm loving it I have a real kind of personal um, love of Trinity because I was involved at the relaunch in 1992 Whoa, and amazing. I DJed at the opening night um, which yeah. we had Shaggy Oh, Carolina. It was the year he released Oh, Carolina. And yeah, he played there and I've DJed so many times there and I used to do the youth club there and yeah, love it. Love Trinity. So I'm really pleased to be able yeah. to get to know a bit more about what's going on there. Yes. Um, we should do that like a, a Trinity update yeah, kind of I, thing, which I would be brilliant. I can share some stuff now and then maybe yeah. in a couple of weeks I can share some more yeah, stuff no, and it all goes live. Brilliant. I'd love that. I've, yeah. I've been trying to keep in contact with Trinity since I started and um, I didn't personally know anyone so it was a bit difficult. So Here now we go. I know you, that's great. <laughs> So tell us a little bit, what is coming up at Trinity? Yeah, so um, in terms of Trinity, we have got our autumn programme of um, theatre and dance. That's kind of what I'm specialising in. So I'm assistant producer there. And we've got something called the Ignite programme, which is all about platforming um, different kind of voices, different kinds of people and stories um, about issues that actually matter to people now. So um, on the 19th of October, we open up our season with a show by Jackie Hagan. Um, which is, um, I really encourage everyone to come along. Uh, it's called This Is Not A Safe Space. And Jackie is a, a disabled artist um, who has been uh, going around the country um, collecting different kinds of stories about um, what it's like to be on benefits and disabled and how those two things kind of oh, wow. intersect and yeah. how that group of people often yeah, get... It's bad enough being one or the other, but both... Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just, um, it's not, it, her show is not, not at all like sub story at all. It's absolutely a kind of a celebration of all of the quirkiness and the weirdness that makes like human life bearable and exciting. So it's, it's kind of a mix of like puppetry, comedy, anecdotes, all kinds of stuff all in one performance oh, so it yeah it's, it's really great and she is a fantastic performer writer and yeah really excited that she's coming to Bristol with her new show it's all um, BSL so British Sign Language Interpreted as well which is yeah really exciting I've not actually seen a piece of theatre like that before so yeah Awesome. Um, it reminds, do you know what? I was watching just the other day um, this amazing uh, bit of sign language that was done at a rave. Um, yeah, oh. so, was, so yeah, I know it was amazing. So the woman was sign languaging what the MC was saying. Amazing. She was going for it as well. It was absolutely awesome. It really was amazing. It was amazing. It would be so, great to just see more of that in general. I like, know, right? Yeah. I know. In fact, when we went to read our chapters of Matilda, um, yeah. There was some incredible sign language going on there exactly. at the same time as people doing some amazing graffiti work, yeah. which was awesome. And you actually gave Barney some time later the graffiti yes. work that was done. Yeah. Um, what was the name of the woman that she he was reading the, the chapter about the the headmistress from Matilda? Miss Trunchbull. Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And yeah. it was my friend um, Mez, Mister yeah, Mez. Yeah, that's who right. d who'd drawn that that picture yeah, yeah. No, and it was he was amazing. like it was amazing. happy to give it away your yeah. job sounds like a bit of a dream a bit like mine at the moment I've got this new dream job which is 
curating radio basically Yay. yeah and it is it is you know especially in community radio when there are very few restrictions um it's really exciting and that sounds a bit like what you're doing it is a bit yeah, yeah. like um getting to basically work with loads of different people on lots of different creative projects and amazing a lot of what i want to do is just to try and make things a little bit more equal within that space because it it can feel especially as a woman of color like there's not that many of us in that space yeah, and um and the same goes like for a lot of other people so yeah. part of what I do is sort of there's a common thread to it yeah, which no, is about it's, it's being more diversity. open yeah yeah transparency and diversity yeah. it's so important at the moment and I know that it's become almost like this trendy word to use the word diverse yeah. and it's sometimes I worry that it loses its power when it's being used so much but we so we it's really important that we keep using it yeah. so that you know people realize how important it is particularly within the media exactly oh my Deep breaths, Miranda. Deep breaths. <laughs> okay, so that's Trinity. Um, you're still doing stuff at the watershed on a regular basis. Yeah, I love all the stuff that goes on at the watershed at the yeah. moment. I wish I'd been there last night. I know, me too. I know the Yardi uh, was uh, was the great directional debut from Idris Elba. The Yardi, slammed by critics, but absolutely brilliant film. I've seen some um, reviews from more local, down to earth people. Uh, amazing. Yeah, absolutely like amazing. the young people that I've been working with that went to see. I think the preview was last night. Yeah, yeah last was, night. Yeah. Um, they I saw them today and they were like raving about it. So yeah. I think no, yeah, I, I want I to go and see. Yeah, I definitely go and see. It. I love Idris. And of course, there's the funny old hoo ha about the question, uh, the Q and A with the question and answers with Idris afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Now I was um, the reason I contacted you out of the blue was I wanted to meet Idris and I was like, oh my god, who do I know at the watershed? Oh, Rosanna, please get me in. <laughs> and then I realised, thank goodness, it's just in the nick of time that it was by satellite. Yeah, uh, but yeah. unfortunately the British. Leaving Post didn't realise and printed an article saying that Idris was going to be there. Funnily enough, the tickets all sold out, didn't I they? I know, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> they did, and apparently, like people were calling up. Yeah. Um, quite panicked like trying to get tickets because Idris was going to be there and if of only. course he actually wasn't no. if, if only. only one oh. day Idris if you're listening we love you we're waiting for you in <laughs> Bristol because <laughs> he does DJ so that's my my in yeah. is to get him in to do a DJ set so we'll work on that but yeah anyway sorry distracted from what else are you doing no I love it um, so um, you mentioned um, coming along to the World Out on Film season that yes. we did in the summer for families a couple of years ago. Yeah. And this year, um, we're part of a similar nationwide initiative that's funded by the same people. So that's the British Film Institute and also uh, kind of like developed by um, Chapter Cardiff. I hate mm -hmm. to interrupt you, but my dad died last year. Don't worry, that's not the theme Aww. of it. But no, the thing is, my brother thought to do, well, we both did a eulogy and he Googled my dad's name. I'd never thought to do that because of, you know, he's kind of so old, he was pre-Google. Why would there be anything on it? And there was an incredible amount of stuff on there. And it turned out that my dad was one of the founders and directors of the BFI, British Film Industry. Whoa! I know, and how did uh, I not know that? Well, that's amazing. Um, that's amazing. And Incredible. they really do fund a lot of great stuff. Like, yeah. um, we're very lucky to, yeah, yeah, have secured some funding for them for this yeah. program. And yeah, so a bit like you, you kind of, you guys coming along before, um, it is a series of films and activities that are all celebrating um, British animation. So this weekend we've got Yellow Submarine, which is the 1968 Beatles <laughs> film, which I love is that film. totally psychedelic yeah. and um, yeah, filled with like 
colour and imagery and um, and this is a sing-along version as well so people can come along I and sing along across it. the generation so to speak we all live in exactly. the exactly yeah I love it great <laughs> okay. and then we've got a couple of other films coming up um, Mary and the Witch's Flower Japanese film and um, Song of the Sea which is a beautiful Irish illustrated um, hand-drawn animation and with that we've got a free kids workshop in the morning 10 till 12 oh, so, so that's on Friday that's yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the the aim is to have those kind of free drop in workshops yeah. um, every holiday yeah. at Watershed for families. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. Watershed is always well worth uh, visiting, regardless of when. But during the holidays in particular, there's loads of stuff going on for kids as well. Exactly. Speaking of young people, can I just ask what's going on with Rife at the moment? They all Yeah, cool? everything is brilliant. Just remind like, our listeners what Rife is. Yeah, so Rife magazine is um, a watershed project and it is um, an online magazine for young people in Bristol so that's anyone under 24 can contribute to the magazine and it's run on a day-to-day basis by three young journalists who are paid and employed and are responsible for the magazine so they put out content they do the social media um, we run outreach events um, so we go into schools that kind of thing and it's all Amazing. about amplifying the voices and opinions of young people I love that idea we need to be doing that here at Ujima in fact that's what uh-huh. I you know well no I'm, I'm genuinely <laughs> really serious you know if we could somehow combine what you're doing with yeah. what we do here um, it'd be amazing well it'd, it'd be, be really good to talk to maybe this is a good point a good time just to mention um, that another project that I'm working on at the moment which I'm doing a bit of freelance work on and I am kind of so excited by and so proud of and um, Fatima's here in the studio with me she's documenting it Fatima's our um our social media guru for our yeah yeah for our whose culture is it anyway project which so is need help here with our social media yeah, she's fantastic she won't talk to me <laughs> I don't blame her I wouldn't talk to me they're given half the time but yeah we really need help if you have any spare time to come down here and help at yeah. <laughs> connecting it up yeah no so really we really need help with our social media so that would be amazing yes um, but also not only that I was just thinking we're, we are starting to look at doing a youth show uh, here with the basement yeah. studio and see CYN and Ace. Um, Amazing. You know, it would Amazing. be lovely to get Rife involved as well. Somehow. That would be great. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. And um, this new um, work that I'm doing with Rising Arts Agency, which is like a micro social enterprise in Bristol, yeah. and it's run for young people to give them uh, like a step up into the creative industries. So it's, and it's all kind of not for profit. It's run by the lovely Kamina Walton, who's awesome. brilliant ch- kind of change maker in the city. And she, um, She's running, running, rising, basically mentoring exhibition opportunities, networking and leadership training for young creatives. And as part of that work, the reason I'm um, here with Fatima is that we're running a new initiative called Who's Culture, which is uh, basically trying to build and connect a network of young people of colour who are interested in the creative arts in Bristol together. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so that together we can actually make change Do you happen. know what, who we had somebody on the show last week called Eric Edwards, I mean, he's not under 25, but he is the most incredible advertising guru, branding guy. He's got his own company now called Patois here in Bristol. He's worked for Google, the Financial Times, Kangle, and he really was talking about building a group like this. Amazing. So I've written him, Derek written Edwards, his name down. Thank amazing you, guy. He's absolutely amazing. You definitely want to get, because he was just specifically talking about, uh, not necessarily for young people, but a group like this, so he'd love to get involved. I do. And his contacts will be amazing. So Brilliant. Just, you'll find him on Facebook. Uh, where are we at? We're running out of time. 
time. How are we doing? Have we covered yeah, everything? Yeah, good. I will just say a little bit about Who's Culture, just to wrap up kind of how people can actually get involved, I Brilliant. suppose. Um, we've got an Instagram channel by the lovely Fatima. It's at Who's underscore Culture. So follow us for kind of um, loads of amazing artwork by young creators of colour from Bristol and beyond. Um, questions about, you know, what you think that culture should be or should look like or should include in Bristol because that's kind of what we want to find out about um, and take that back to arts organisations so they can affect and make the changes that young people actually want to see. And... Um, Hi Miranda, I'm getting my photo taken. <laughs> and so, yeah, we basically want to, yeah, connect with lots of young people of colour in the city via Instagram, but also via workshops, which we're going to be running in four areas in Bristol, St Paul's, Lawrence Hill, South Mead and Whitchurch Park. And um, we're going to release the dates of those in a couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, we're desperate for people to come along and kind of share their experiences with us and be a part of the conversation. You can use the hashtag Who's Culture. Um, um, I hope you're writing that down. Yeah, no, <laughs> Hashtag who's culture. Um, and yeah, just follow the conversation and, you know, help us to really make a change. No, that's also, I'm sorry about all suddenly taking loads of photographs. I always forget to take photographs of people. So I thought I'll just quickly do that now. No, I love it. And I forgot <laughs> to take one of Tom Payne that was on earlier, who was the organiser of Love Saves the Day. Uh, yeah. and the downs which is taking place so I'll just have to find a Google picture of him as well uh, Fatima can I use a picture of you on Facebook thank you lovely <laughs> so she won't talk I just she wanted to check to be she behind the scenes <laughs> not anymore <laughs> <laughs> listen thank you so much for no, coming in today Rizana, let's do this more regularly yes please been far too long I left Ujima and then I should have got in touch as soon as I got back and ah, then you know what it's like it's all good we're it's, here now yeah, we're exactly. here now lovely so we've just been speaking to Rosanna who's working now with Trinity and the Watershed and loads of incredible projects so uh, make sure you check it all out on um, uh, on where just trying to think. I mean, I guess Trinity, Watershed, all of that will do, won't it? Exactly. Exactly, lovely. And then uh, we're going to take a look, we're going to have a little bit of music now, thanks to Puff Daddy, uh, and then, and Naz, and uh, then we're going to meet another really cool guy, and that's Ty Reed. Last week, Ty Reed came on the show the day before. He was about to attempt um, a pretty much a world record to do 24 hours of non-stop burpees. I didn't even know what a burpee was. I couldn't, and now I do. I know I can't even do one. This guy did them for 24 hours. I was genuinely really worried worried about him i thought he might not be alive but i've just seen that he is so that's all great um we're going to catch up with him in a minute and see how on earth he managed to do and whether he actually managed to raise any money for little jeremy who needed robotic legs and an arm as he called them you're listening to the word here on ujima big thanks to rosanna we'll be back shortly after naz featuring puff daddy this is a track called not for radio escobar season begins <laughs> Hey, yo, we ain't posing for no pictures in 2018. Candace only. Scared mother... Black Kemet gods, yeah. black Egyptian gods, summoned from heaven, blessed, dressed in only go yard, homie go hard, like Stone and Robert in a stolen car, shoot the ballot box, no voter card, they all are frauds, Senegal's finest, minerals, diamonds, the earth is cursed, but I survived many climates, calm and thoroughly, they try to hymen Roth me, John Fitzgerald me, the industry never bought me, fear will make you reveal who you really are, feel me? God be solid, your foes hold you in ill regard This ain't knowledge, this is not intense for honored men Women too, us who can see the same thing 
but have a different Let's view. Go. All of a sudden, fronting, knew you from your past. Woo. Got all kinds of guys saying we go way back. And who y'all comparing me to is nonsense. Show gratitude in the presence of dominance. I think they scared of us. Yeah. I think they scared of us. Catholics, Moors, and Masons. John Hansen was not the first black press to make it. Lines. Abe Lincoln did not free the enslaved. Lines. Progress was made because we forced the proclamation. Your proclamation. SWAT was created to stop the Panthers. Glocks were created for murder enhancement. For hunting men, circumstances. Edgar Hoover was black. Willie Lynch is a myth. Colombians created crack. The government made Welcome stacks. Reagan had Alzheimer's. That's true. Fox News was started by a black dude. Also true. Convinced my experiences were meant to be. Helps me navigate as they validate their treachery. Felt established fake as he smiled, handshake questionable. Am I good? He acts thinking, but is he testing you? In my hood, fear does a few things. Make you make you a snitch, make you rational moves, or even turn you to fool. Hey yo, as we proceed to give you what you need, put your mother fist in the air. I don't care if you're white, you're black, Latino, Asian, Caucasian, Malaysian, whatever you are. As long as you with this mother elevation. Cause see, as we proceed to give you what you need, you scared, you scared, man. You scared, yeah. Hey yo, that's why they be killing us and shooting us. That's why they feel uncomfortable around us. Cause of our greatness. You're lucky God made us compassionate and forgiving. Man, they scared of us, Nas. We see that in your eyes. You're listening to Ujima Radio. This is the word. Every Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. with myself, Miranda Ray, here till 4 o'clock. And then, normally, Mystery would be here with the cruising show, but he's away. He's on holiday. But his sister is back. Lady Nia is back with the Southwest Chart Show from 6 to 8 p.m. tonight. Make sure you check it out. It's going to be awesome. And don't forget, tomorrow, one of my favourite shows, the Super Sucker Show. With AAA bad boy Tim, uh, Jonesy Wales and the boy are all going to be at the controls from 12 to 2 tomorrow. So make sure you check it out. What an awesome show we've had. Um, Top Dog kicked it off at the beginning with talking to me about going to secondary school. He hasn't got a mic. I just realised I won't talk to him now. Ursula as well, who um, arranged that incredible down-to-earth talk with Mr. X about being a recovering addict and how incredibly difficult it is to be a recovering addict at all and trying to get any help in uh, Bristol is really difficult or anywhere in the UK and then of course we met Rosanna we've met Tom Payne for Love Saves the Day but now I'm so excited that's my favourite bit I'm so glad this guy is still alive when I last saw him I thought he perhaps might not be and I was trying to get in touch with his mum saying has he seen a doctor has he seen a medic um, I'm going to welcome back to the studio the guy who tried uh, to do 24 hours of non-stop burpees it's Tyree hello hey. <laughs> thank you you're still alive <laughs> yes last time I saw you 
Um, you had just completed 24 hours of burpees. You collapsed onto the floor. I uh, didn't think you were moving, actually. You looked like you weren't moving. People were kind of like prodding you. And then you got up and ran away and hid under a desk. Yeah, I was ruined. <laughs> ruined. <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh, ruined. but bless you. Oh, my God. You were literally ruined. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, when you told me you were going to do 24 hours of burpees, I was like, okay, I'm not a fitness type. Maybe it is possible, but... Genuinely, really, what were you thinking? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I was. Uh, I trained for it. I did, the most I ever yeah. did was f- five hours, and then I was okay at five uh, at five hours. And after five hours, I was I was ruined. Just yeah, done it. Was, in. It, was, it was hard. It was a it was a mental battle more than physical. Physi- yeah. physically, I was fine. I mentally. was really touched. You sent me a message about four in the morning. I was generally trying to support you by staying awake. You know, just to watch the videos and let you know that I was here. You know, yeah, let you know yeah, that yeah. there were people there, and I fell asleep. I just started. You messaged me <laughs> saying I'm really struggling. I felt so bad. And um, do you know what I was really impressed with as well was all the people that came and supported you. Yeah, yeah. So Wasn't yeah. that amazing? So yeah. at half three in the morning, was it the St Paul's basketball team? Yeah, there's quite a couple couple of them. So my little brother was there. My wife stayed there the whole time. Was uh, she doing the videos? Yeah, was my wife. Yeah, my wife was. Uh, oh, bless! Because last week you said she probably couldn't bear to be there. Yeah, I didn't blame her to be honest. She no. went. She had a break for a couple of hours. Oh my god! My sister-in-law. My mum couldn't make it down because she couldn't get down there. So right. yeah, we sh- should have did a bit better. And to is get that my Ingrid, your mum? Yeah, I must yeah, say yeah, hi yeah, to Ingrid because yeah. she said hello as yeah. well. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Bless her because she was keeping me in touch all week, saying, "Don't worry, you are alive, you are okay." So I really appreciated that. But your wife did a really good job on the videos. Yeah, yeah I was really yeah. impressed with the kind of running commentary and everything. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and then she, yeah, it was, it was just I, I thought it'd be a lot more easier than that, and and I just can't believe that someone's got ten thousand burpees. That's it's insane, yeah. yeah. Somebody's completed 10,000 burpees in 24 hours. Yeah. That's ridiculous, isn't yeah, it? I don't yeah. believe them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no it. Do you know what? You look absolutely shattered. No, yeah. Yeah, you are. So You're I, cr- I cried at the end. I cried. I'm not. I cried yeah. with you. <laughs> I was there crying yeah, as well, darling. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised. 24 hours of burpees. So, um, and this was Sunday at what? About 10 o'clock was it? Half past 10. I finished. Half yeah, past yeah. 10 on Sunday morning. You finished after doing 24 hours, and this is Friday. Five days later, six days later, and you're still shattered. Yeah, because my sleep patterns completely gone on. Really? Yeah. Just sleeping because I've had some days off work. I've uh, I've slept in the day and I can't sleep in the evening. Oh, babe. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. You are. It's like you're a different person this week. Last week you, oh, yeah, you were yeah, pumped, wasn't yeah, he, Ursula? Yeah. He yeah. was pumped and ready to go. And this he just week you're just tired. like, yeah. he looks. Apt. I yeah. wish I could say the word I want to say, but yeah, he's just not. <laughs> <laughs> he's done in. Let's but say but that. more importantly, like we've we've raised like. A lot of money Okay, so let's so, yeah. get to the point here. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, you decided you wanted to find a campaign or a charity that was worthwhile to make money for. Um, tell us the story of what happened. So, yeah, I, I wanted to do, originally I wanted to try and get in the Guinness World Records, and then I realised how much money that was, and then I thought, well, yeah. I can still, yeah. Tell us how much money it is. So if you want to make a sceptical of the Guinness World Record, yeah. like, big sceptical is 10 grand. It's ridiculous. And if you want someone to come out and verify you, I think it's about £5,000. <laughs> so, yeah, so okay. from that, I was like, okay, I well, can still do point? it. I can yeah. still do it and raise money for charity. Right. And then with, with charities, listen, I'm not not taking anything away from charities or anything but you don't know where the money goes and you can't help someone on a personal level well no and also they have to charities that cost money and there's overheads and there's yeah, wages so there's always going to be, gonna be a vast yeah. percentage is going to not go into the charity the person you want to help yeah yeah and then, and then uh, i thought about helping uh, an individual and then i i kind of 
made the approach of approaching hospitals, people that were like terminally ill, and obviously the hospitals aren't gonna give me those details and can't go in. So then I tried to find somebody over the internet and I didn't get any response. And then Caroline, Jeremy's mum, walked into my wife's workplace and then it, the rest is history. We went and met him, met her and Jer uh, Jeremy, and then saw, his, saw him, heard his story, and then that was, before we left the house, me and my wife were like, yeah, let's, let's go. I told my tell got the approval from my mum yeah. to go. And oh. <laughs> it was all right Tell our do. listeners who don't know the story, tell, it, tell them about Jeremy. So uh, Jeremy was born in Madagascar and Caroline looks after um, kids with um, difficulties. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> you yawning. Don't, nah, just <laughs> might get emotional. Um, oh, yeah, okay. so... Um, yeah, so she looks after kids with difficulties, uh, kids that get given up. Yeah. And Jeremy got handed in by his mum. And because they don't have the system we have over here in terms of yeah. looking at baby scans and the rest of it, they didn't know, the parents didn't know he would have no legs and a missing arm. So when he was born, the dad ran away. Yeah. Um, and then the mum brought him to Caroline. Yeah, so the mum brought him to where Caroline was, the centre of Caroline was, and said to Caroline, basically, can you take... Can you take this boy? He's not going to have a life here. All the rest of it. And then, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And the mum got accused of, like, you know, she was cursed because of Jeremy and stuff like that. And yeah. then Caroline brought him over here. She's a completely selfless woman to do that. Amazing. She brought him over here, adopted him. So, so, and yeah. they live in fish ponds now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, little Jeremy, he was born and he basically has got no legs. He's got, you know, um, he needs prosthetic legs and a prosthetic arm. But as he calls them... He wants robot, robot legs, legs, doesn't yeah, he? That's yeah. so, so cute. And, and because of all, because of uh, which we, what, which I found out uh, last week, because of all the press and all the stuff we've done, and especially from the help from you guys as well, the NHS are actually going to fund his legs. <gasps> That's amazing. Yeah. So now, so now the money we've raised can go towards maybe getting some stuff for the house. You're kidding? Yeah. yeah it's so been so insane. last week when we spoke yeah. to you, the NHS weren't going to fund anything because he was still not officially a UK citizen. Yeah. So that's changed now. Yeah. Now, so they're going to fund his legs. So now we can use the money to get him. There's some there's some therapy issues they need to go through. Uh, yeah. There's physiotherapy he'll need. He'll need a wheelchair, car seat. Um, and we can do some stuff, so stuff around, the, around the house. Yeah, yeah. So make him oh my god, a more I'm so charmed. Independent life, and it'll be in time for him hopefully when he starts school. So, and I, yeah. do you know what I also must say as well is a quick thank you to Tristan Cork, the editor of the Bristol Post, as I, I emailed him and um, in fact I messaged him on Facebook and he answered straight away saying yes we'll cover the story. So I thought that was sweet, yeah. that was amazing, and the same points West. So thank you guys for making the effort to cover the story. We really yes, appreciate thank it. You. The the um the you can still the just giving campaign is still running. There's still like twenty days 20, left. Yeah, twenty days left. Yeah, we giving. we still need to raise ten thousand pounds, but um the just giving it's all on our Facebook page. It's on our Ujima website. If you want to go to the ujimaradio.com website, you can see the link which will take you direct to the Just Giving where you can uh, the Just Giving page where you can donate. And where are we at with the money at the moment? How much money? Last time I saw you, we were about four thousand. Ah, okay. So on the Just Giving page, when I did the burpee challenge, we're on two, I think two thousand two hundred, and now it's up to five thousand four hundred pounds, four hundred ten. There might be some more going in, and then I added. Uh, 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 anonymous donation a check for a thousand pounds so and then we haven't counted up the money from the challenge day itself so oh my day so, so what do you think roughly just uh, minus the just giving fees it'd probably be just under about six six grand wow yeah, just over yeah yeah but we've still got the 20 yeah, days still, left yeah, to go still so we still left, yeah. need to make a drive yeah. do you know what i think you could do to make up the rest 
do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking in your eyes. I do it for 12 hours. I do it for 12 hours. I'm yeah, really yeah. joking. <laughs> I'm really teasing you. The little terrified little like, you, you rabbit did at Start off well with your wig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, <did>. <laughs> <laughs> I kept on dipping in and out to watch you. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely yeah. incredible. And do you know what? I must say a big hello and well down to is Steph. Who did it with you? Yeah, yeah, my friend, yeah, Steph, yeah. Did yeah. she do the whole 24 hours? No. So no, because I re- kept tuning in no. and she was asleep at so one yeah, point. So I she, yeah. asleep. she was recovering from a concussion, <gasps> funny enough, and then she, she didn't do anything for 11 weeks. And, yeah, she came on and uh, came and... I don't know what she was thinking, not training for it, but yeah, yeah. so yeah, so she she's still suffering, I, I believe. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She must be yeah, ruined, yeah, yeah. absolutely ruined. Well, yeah. please give her my love because of what I loved seeing the people that came and supported you, you yeah. know, especially, you know, the, the guys in the middle of the night because yeah. that's when it was. Oh, without them, I, I would have quit 100%. Well, you know, I, because I, you'd said to me before the week before you were concerned about what it was going to be like being on your own Room, yeah, at yeah. the night, and I, I would, would I would have come if I wasn't a single mum, I would have come along and stayed, but I you know, quit. I, there's I, no way I would have stayed. I'd have quit 100%. Oh my yeah. god. There's no way I would have stayed there. So big thanks to the guys that came during the middle of the night then. Can yeah. you remember their names? Can you even remember who it was? Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. a load of people. So it's my little brother, uh, Tamar. Tamar Reed, his name is. Yeah. And uh, Clayton Small Warren. There's, there's oh, one. Clayton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Clayton was there. There's, there's loads of, loads of them. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. listen. So yeah, we um, we're running out of time. So I just want to say, Tyree, thank you so much. You Before know, this goes off, yeah, yeah. Without you guys, I wouldn't have been able to raise as much money. So I thank you very much because I contacted you and I was on air seven days after I contacted you, yeah. and that was only based on my schedule, not yours. So thank you two very, very much. I wouldn't have done this without you guys so thank you no very much. honestly we've done nothing other than support no, your incredible you. incredible it achievement fantastic really doing. yeah absolutely beautiful thing that you're doing and um may karma rain upon you as oh, it deserves thank bless you thank you um and so if you want to donate you still can please there's 20 days to go we still need to raise another three or four thousand pounds to hit our target but the great news is because of this campaign the nhs have already agreed to pay for the prosthetic legs so you know that is just in itself you've yeah. achieved everything you wanted to achieve it's a beautiful thing man and I'm going to start crying so we better sign off so but yes go to the Ujima web- website ujimaradio.com you'll see a lovely picture of Ty Reed, um sitting with Jeremy and you can click on the link and it will take you to where you can donate um, so what we're going to we need to get you on again sometime we're going to have to think of another little campaign for you aren't we yeah. perhaps we need a Ty Reed show so a sports show yeah, I was f- thinking about that oh 48 hours of burpees next time <laughs> <laughs> you did a post at one point saying I'm never going to nah, post nah. about burpees again no never <laughs> never um, we've literally we've got we've got to go we're going to run out of time so um, what's happening on next week's show let me have a look so Friday the 31st of August we will be back and we're going to be celebrating Babasa's fifth anniversary and we also hope to have Geldam on who recently took over the Guardian we, uh, magazine which is incredible um, so that's amazing don't forget it's bank holiday weekend I did I forgot myself it was bank holiday weekend I was making plans for meetings on Monday and somebody said actually it's bank holiday weekend so does that mean you get to relax this weekend Ty? Yes okay. yes yes I just want you to borrow, lend your microphone to the young man here Top Dog Hello. my son has been in on the show well, uh, well, how have you been doing alright? Yeah what have you been doing? Nothing no what have you been doing? Uh, I've been playing a game on my phone which game? Uh, it's called Knife Hit 
Uh, and uh, how wicked is it? It's really fun. I love it. It's, it's taken over from Pokemon Go, and I absolutely love it. It's amazing. All you do is throw knives at a at a round board, and it's re- not in real life, obviously. Um, but yeah, what was your favourite part of today's show? The Top Dog Review. Da-da-da-da. It's going to have to be Burpee Person. Ah, oh, <laughs> that's his nickname now, Burpee Person. That's amazing. A big thank you to Ursula for coming in as well. I can't okay. see her. She's hid behind the screen. It's really disturbing. I know she's there. I can hear you breathing. I can, can hear you. Yeah, all right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's really funny. So, big thanks to Tom Payne from Love Saves the Day who came on. Um, who do we have next? Who do we have next after Tom Payne? Then we have, we Mr. have Mr. X. X Mr. Yeah. X and Ursula talking about addiction and how hard it is to get support in this country. Then we had Rosanna from Watershed. <laughs> she was sign languaging me. So, I'm like, who the hell did we have? And then we had, of course, Ty Reed and Top Dog. So, guys, thank you so much for coming to join me today. This has been The Word. My name's Miranda. I'll be back next Wednesday. No, wait, why Wednesday? Friday. Friday. Oh, my days. Uh, is staying up all night watching somebody do burpees is exhausting. It really is. <laughs> well done to Ty Reid. We're going to go out on a track that's been sent into our music submissions email, which is music at ujimaradio.com. Her name is Talisha. It's a wicked track called Tell Me Dub, and she lives in Nottingham. I'm out of here. See ya.
still calling my phone And tell me what you really want Cause I got a crazy feeling and it's really strong And if I can't get my way with ya Then I must get away from ya And you don't want that Only know what they want when I'm mad And it, it might be too late for ya But know that 